as we open our hearts to give. Um, amen. Let's welcome Teresa. Amen. Praise God. Love you. He's good. He's our cornerstone. Christ alone. Christ alone. There isn't anybody else. There isn't anything else. There is no other sure foundation. Christ alone. I was thinking about in First uh, Kings when Elijah went to the widow and she was gathering sticks together to fix her last bit of meal um, for her and her son. And Elijah said, um, give me some. Fix it for me first. Well, all she had was for her and her son. And then she was going to fix it, and then she was going to die. That was her game plan. I'm going to eat a little bit, then I'm going to die. And he said, give it to me first. And she did. You know, it's, it's one thing when we say... Uh, my life, what involves me, you know, to put it on the altar before the Lord. But our family, our children, our, our legacy, our future, our hearts, we're putting them on the line as well. He's Lord of all. So she did that. There was a famine in the land. Nobody had any food. But her flour never ran out for many days until the rain came. Her oil never ran out. And last week when Megan taught us about, uh, one of the things she talked about was eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. The tree of knowledge of good and evil would have said, are you kidding me? You want to give this to me in your last bit of food who would ask that if he's a man of God he would know that you don't have it so he can't be a man of God reason that out that's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil the tree of life says give to God obey obey the Lord the tree of knowledge of good and evil counteracts obedience the tree of life the tree of life um causes this provision, this kind of provision, this kind of life, this kind of hope, this kind of future. Had a rough week this week. Was a battlefield in my home for my health, for my family. And one thing I know is that the word of God is a sure, solid, settled unchanging, immovable foundation. Immovable. Immovable. He said, heaven and earth will pass away, but his word won't pass away. This is the same God that we serve today. This is the same God that says, if you yield to me, if you give to me, if you take your time and you, and you put me first in your thoughts, and you put me first, you'll never run dry. You'll never run dry. You'll never run dry. He'll keep filling you up and filling you up and filling you up. And I'm not saying it's easy because it was a rough week. <laughs> and I know you have that too. There's a lot of pressure going on right now. The enemy knows this time is short. And he's, and he's not playing fair. He's not playing fair. But we have, we have a weapon. We have a sureness. We have a cornerstone. We have a hope 
and the character and nature of God that will never, ever, ever change. That will never change. So we can, like this widow, listen to, listen to God, eat from the tree of life, from what God says to do, because that's where our life is. Eat from the tree of life. Stand where he tells you to stand. Pray, believe, yield, listen. It's a tree of life. It's a tree of life, and we all choose. We all choose. We have the same choice as Adam and Eve did. You know, we're all choosing to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, our reasoning, or the tree of life. She ate from the tree of life. Even when it concerned life and death for her family, she ate from the tree of life. I pray that's the choice that we make as well. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for the immovable, unchangeable word for your love, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. You're a good father. You're a good father. Our hope rests in your character, Lord, your nature. You're good. You're good, Lord. We can trust you. We trust you with our finances, with our family, with our health. We can trust you, Lord. You're good. You care. There isn't anything that goes on that you don't see, that you don't care about, that you are deeply involved in our lives, Lord. We thank you. Bless, bless our gifts, our offerings, our tithes. Lord, we bring before you and, and multiply just like in this story, Lord, that it will never run dry. It will never run dry. The fountain of the Lord in our lives will never run dry. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You can bring up your offerings. The baskets are on the side. Envelopes are in the back if you need them. And you can greet one another. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Let's put our hands together one more time for the, for the love of Jesus that we're experiencing in this room. Praise Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, I am so delighted uh, to be back. Um, I heard the, um, the message from Megan, and, and man, she brought a word about our authority. Praise God. I'm so glad I'm married to her. Amen. That's, that, that was good. And I just want to share with you, uh, before I, I, I share the word, um, this morning prophetically, and I don't know if you flow or even understand the prophetic, um, but when we become predictable as a people, your Christian journey becomes boring. You know, there's no excitement. And so God is constantly, constantly wanting to reveal himself to us because he wants us to walk in a greater dimension of a relationship with him. And um, I mean, how many of you ever experienced, there are certain days or, or, or one time in your journey so far, you know that you experienced the presence of the Lord. Like it was so obvious, you know what I mean? Whether it was tears coming down your face or it was this overwhelming joy that, that couldn't be expressed. Some places gold dust shows up, others gold is in your teeth and just a variety of expressions of God. And God delights in that. He, he wants to have visitation with his people. I mean, we got to believe that. And, uh, and so God is moving. He is flowing together throughout the world. And um, I, I, I don't believe it was a coincidence that he made us go to Isaiah 60 where it says, and they shall flow together. And so let me explain to you our, the journey to, to, uh, to Orlando and, and what the Lord um, 
showed me, revealed to me, and, uh, and hope this will be an encouragement to you, and then you'll see the importance of, of the message he's given me uh, this morning for you as we continue on this, this topic of climate change. Um, so, you know, we, we're flying to Orlando, and it's the YMCA, and, and, and many of you uh, know the YMCA, uh, and if you don't know, it was started by 12 men uh, over in London, England. 12 men got together, and they prayed. There's an novel idea. Twelve men got together and said, let's pray that God will do something with these young men uh, over here. And uh, they started the YMCA. And YMCA stands for Young, young Men's Christian Association. That's what it stands for. And so over the years, and of course, it came over here to America. And uh, they constantly has kept that as their mission statement. Well, uh, over the years, the C has been replaced. You know, they just have the Y as their symbol. And, uh, but that doesn't mean that Christ doesn't want to be glorified in what he originated and what he started. So there's a movement. It's called the U.S. Mission Network, and they exist, their whole existence, the reason why they exist is to empower YMCAs that want to be bold and emphasize the C back in YMCA. I'm so glad that there are people that still want to hold up the banner of Jesus. Amen. And so let's, let's stay to our history and, and our, and our um, heritage. So it was encouraging. So here it is. I mean, these are decision makers. These are, are, are CEOs, presidents, um, board members, staff who are lifting up the name of Jesus and say, no, we want to bring Christ back into the YMCA. Because I told the Y that I go to, take down the banner then. The banner literally says we exist to provide Judeo-Christian programs that empowers the spirit, soul, and body. I said, well, take it down then if we're not going to follow that. And, uh, but God is moving so tremendously in the hearts of the people. I mean, um, I was so, God was reminding me, he says, Rowan, take the limits off, man. Take the limits off. That I'm everywhere. I'm in the school system. Come on. <laughs> I'm on the football field. I'm, 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 I'm everywhere. And if I just find a individual who's willing to be available for me, I will manifest myself in dimensions you have yet to experience. And uh, so we got to flow together. We really do. I mean, I, I really believe, Gary, that God has so much for you. I, I believe that. That's not just saying something because I know you. I really believe that God is not finished with us yet. That until we draw the last breath that he gives anyways, <laughs> he's got something for us to do. And so he wants us to be available. He really wants us to be available. And so whatever limitations you put on God, uh, I declared this afternoon, I declared this morning that it is now broken and you are free to dream and have an encounter with God like you did before, with, whether it's tears flowing down your face. That's my prayer today, that if it's tears or some way of your expression, if it's renewing your heart back to God, if, it, if it's saying, God, you know what? I've kind of put you on the shelf uh, because of a certain experience, I'm not going to take you off the shelf and, and, and literally see you flow in a, in a new dimension, in a, you know, in a new, a new way. So thank you for all of your prayers, and um, it, it was just a wonderful trip. So the work is just beginning at the YMCA. So, uh, um, so if you happen to be a member of the Y here in Marion or, or you know someone that is, pray for them. It says, hey, we're gonna, that Y is going to emphasize the C back in YMCA. Amen. We're going to have Bible studies in there if they don't exist already. We're going to have programs in there that's going to exalt the name of Jesus so generations will know, um, you know, the goodness of God and, and all that God has for us. 
Amen. So, so I just wanted uh, to kind of share that uh, uh, with you. So, um, so I prayed and I said, Father, what would you have me to share with this amazing group of individuals, uh, this wonderful church? And, and let me say, it's been a joy. Uh, Della was just telling me that it's going by so fast. I mean, we almost got one more Sunday in November, then we're into December. And December, the Lord has already put in my heart to, to share a message called Christmas in the City. And uh, it is God's heart that every family connects with a church in the city of Mary. Every family. That there's no, listen to me, there's no excuse for any family not to be in the house of the Lord uh, on Christmas or whenever they celebrate, you know, whether you do Christmas Eve or whatever. But they're going to be in there hearing the message of Jesus Christ and his coming into this earth. I believe that. So we give a message called Christmas in the City. That he's going to unify every single pastor in this region that we're going to become unified because the greatest expression is God sent his son to the earth. And, um, and I believe that. I, I do. I really believe that God has called me here to unify the pastors in this, in this city. And um, I, I won't be intimidated because love will break down every single barrier that exists. You can't resist the love of God. Are you out of your mind? There's no one on the planet that can resist the love of God. Now, you can ignore it and you don't want it. But you can't stop from pouring it out. That's totally up to you, um, you know. And so as I was uh, ministering, I mean, so I was praying. I was like, God, what would you want me to share? And he kept bringing me back and said, just talk about Jesus. Just continue to talk about Jesus. Because in reality, that if he doesn't enter the room, nothing is going to change in your life or in my life. I mean, that's the reality of it. And, and again, I don't want to continue to beat on this issue, but programs are not working, people. It, it's not working. You know what I'm saying? They're making new books every single year about, okay, here's what you got to do now. Because what we thought was working is not working. And so if we just talk about Jesus, um, I'm telling you, your life will change. It really will. Um, so in, in, um, in Luke 4... Uh, Verses 16 to 22, we see the inauguration of Jesus into his ministry where he became available uh, for the Lord. Um, uh, so, and, and many of us know that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, right? I mean, we know that the Spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted of the enemy. Don't go anywhere without being led by the Spirit. Even Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And so he goes into the wilderness prepared for the battle that's about to happen. And it says that he went into the wilderness and he was tempted. And he kept saying, it is written. It is written. It is written. He kept using the word of God to combat every lie of the enemy, every tactic, every deception of the enemy. Jesus would use the word because he depended totally on the Father. And he was victorious. And the Bible says he came back in the power of the Spirit. Look at that. So he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And he was also once he, 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 he conquered, he was led by the power back into do ministry now. And here he is now. He comes in Luke uh, 4, 16, and he walks into the synagogue. And, and it's important. And, 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 so, so allow me the time to just walk you through this because I don't want you to miss this because God has anointed someone here this morning. I know I heard that. I pray it's all of us, but he's anointed someone here this morning 
to do great and mighty works that you yourself would not believe if it hadn't been for God. Holy Spirit, who is that? I, I pray it's all of us, Lord God. But, but who is that? Who is that that now is, is coming back in the power of the Spirit? Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jesus. And so he comes now, and he goes right to the synagogue, the Bible says, as was custom. In other words, Jesus always would be at the synagogue. And isn't it amazing that at this precise time, Isaiah, the scroll is given to him, and he opens it up, and he, and he reads and says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me. So the first thing we have to do to change the climate is we have to believe that we are anointed. Which means that God has selected you for a specific task. That the spiller is upon you. Well, let me go back and show you from the Old Testament why this is so vital. Saul now was chosen to be the first king of Israel. And Saul now, you know, is anointed and he's accepted. And, and so he's given an assignment. An anointed king is given an assignment for God to bring justice and judgment. Understand this, my brothers and sisters. God is not fair. God is just. Because if you think that God is fair, you're, you're limiting his, his, his totality of his power. Because righteousness and justice goes hands in hand. Right? Because in some translation where it says righteousness, it's interpret justice. So God now in his character can only bring righteousness. So in his justice, there's righteousness. In his judgment, there's righteousness. So God is not fair. He is just. He can do whatever he wants to do because he's righteous. So now God selects Saul and he says, Saul, here's your assignment. Bring justice to those people. For years I've been trying to get them to conform. For years I've been trying to get them to convert to the things of God. But they have not listened. So bring justice to them. Now wipe them all out. People are like, oh my goodness, God is so cruel. No, you don't understand that God is righteous. And if he doesn't take out and kill that spirit, it will contaminate everything else around. Parenting 101, the Bible says if you have a rebellious child, a rebellious child it says, and the parents talk to that child and the child does not listen, you bring that child to the elder, you bring him to a higher authority, you bring him to the elder in that city. If that child who's, and it, and it gives the key, rebellious and will not listen, and the elders communicate to that child righteousness and they still won't listen, the Bible says in Deuteronomy, take that child, bring him outside of the city. Why? So future generations don't see that bad behavior. And so if you tolerate rebellion, it will flow and corrupt everything you're doing. So it says, take him outside of the camp and stone that child. Oh, my, that's wickedness. No, that's justice. Because God gave the command before, before that he, in Deuteronomy. He said, if you honor your parents, you will live long in the land. Literally, you will live long in the land. Because there was a dishonor to your parents. And so they said, go ahead. And what we have done as a nation, what we have done as a generation, that we no longer, we no longer correct our children. And what happens now, we have a generation that's, that's being raised that has an expectation um, that, that's like so foreign to what the values of a generation before had. They would respect their elders. Come on. And so you want to see, you can't anoint someone who's rebellious. That's dangerous. 
That's dangerous. And God knows that. And so he says we have to bring this, this, this correction because if we don't and we leave them the way they are, we will produce another generation and produce another generation and produce another generation that becomes like Joshua who didn't even know God and the things of God. Now look how brilliant God is. So I go to speak at uh, Liberty High School in, in Powell. And um, talking to the young people there, the, the Christian teacher, I'm like, God, you got him everywhere. A Christian teacher who's, who's, who's in the front lines, you know what I mean? Just, you know, speaking to the children. And an opportunity came for me to go and to present an award. It's called the Life of a Champion Award from my organization. And I went. And I walked in this room. It was filled with just so many people. And here God gives me a platform, a two-minute platform to share with people about what God has called life of a champion. These young people are getting an award and have no idea that that's God. Because he's, and I said to them, you have to inspire a generation. I said, I can't capture your heart. I can't, so I can't compete for your heart. That's what I told them. I can't compete for your heart against MTV and all this media stuff. There's no way I can do that. I want to capture your heart. God isn't trying to compete with you, generation. He wants to capture this generation. And let them know they're anointed by God because he has an assignment for them. So, so now as you're dealing with young people, what you want to do now, you want to capture their heart. Don't compete with it. Don't compete with the world. No way. Because we conform if we try to compete. But if we capture it, we bring them now to Christ and says, God is the one that has a purpose for you. Does that make sense? Right, because they got to know that, that, that they are anointed. So here is Saul now. And so God is like, I'm bringing justice to these people. Well, Saul rebels. Saul doesn't listen to what God told him to do. He, he doesn't listen to what, what God told him. And God said, I'm not going to use him anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm taking the kingdom from him. But I, but I have someone who has my heart. I have someone who has my heart. And the story is, is, is told. He says, now go down to Jesse because in his house, I'm going to choose the next king of Israel. And we know the story. And here's what's neat about it when I was reading this. Um, and Gary, maybe you can help me with this, Gary. But, but Samuel comes to the house and he has the, 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 whole, the, the oil. And it's like, it's in a horn, right? So he has the oil like this. And every time he sees the first son, oh, that's got to be the one right there. I mean, he is strong. He looks good. And he takes the oil and the oil wouldn't leave the, the, the vessel it was in. He, I mean, he's trying to pour it, but it won't come out. And that's an indication to, to Samuel, God didn't choose him. Because gravity should automatically make that thing come out. Oh, come on. The natural law should have worked. And so Samuel now operating in his own sight and using the senses or the law of nature would have selected someone. God said, I didn't choose them. So Samuel, Samuel says, okay, you're not the one. And then the other brother came, and the other brother came, and the other brother came. And Samuel said, I know I heard from God. He sent me to this house. I know I heard from God. Rowan, you're going to be at the gathering place for two months. I know I heard from God. So I know that he has sent me here. Because in this room, Oh, good God Almighty. He has somebody he's going to anoint for an assignment that maybe you have thought God forgot about you. And says, no, take the limits off. 
So as Samuel knew that, he says, and here's what he says. He says, we will not sit until you get the youngest son to come in this house. And so here's my, my question, Gary, which, which, is, which, is, which puzzled me. He said, we won't sit. So I'm assuming he means we're standing. I mean, that's what I assume, right? You sit and you stand. I mean, that's what it seems. So they go get David, who was doing what? David was taking care of his father's sheep. He was being prepared, the father's sheep. So here we talked about a, a son who was rebels against the father. And what happened? Here we have a son who's obeying the father and taking care of the sheep. God is trusting him with the sheep, and he's doing that. And so he comes down, and he leaves them. He walks into the room. Right? And then the Bible said, this is what it said to me, Gary. When I read in, in, the, in, in my translation, it says, God says, now arise. But he was already standing. I mean, if he said, we're not going to sit until he comes in, I'm assuming they were standing. He comes in, and then God says, now arise and anoint him. Some say, but he was already standing. God, what do you mean arise? Well, we just read Isaiah 60. Arise and shine for the light has come. So God was saying, no, arise. There is, there is a level of elevation that's taking place now. That God said, arise, Sam, because what is about to happen now is beyond our capacity to understand. It's God said, I'm selecting him now because out of him is going to come the deliverer. Out of him is going to come the savior. So, so arise now and go ahead and anoint him as king. And he takes the, the horn and he, and he puts it and it just starts to flow in front of his brothers. In front of his brothers. They're like, I thought it was me. And here is David now who didn't ask for it but was selected. And here he is now in front of all his brothers. And the anointing is just being poured all over him. And God said, I've selected this one. And his brothers are looking around. You'd know they weren't flowing together. But God had chosen David for an assignment because David was a man. David was a person after God's own heart. And the first thing we have to do to change our climate is we have to say and believe, God, you have anointed me. You have anointed me. We can't go any further. We, we, we can't make any progress if you don't believe that God has anointed you. And so he continues, he says, anointing me to do what? To preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to announce the, 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 the release or the forgiveness to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, downtrodden, bruised, cru crushed by tragedy, to proclaim the fable year of the Lord. And he gives the assignment. So the first thing is this, he anoints you, then he gives you an assignment. What is your assignment this morning? Who are you supposed to go and minister to? What's your assignment? That's the second thing, is your assignment. And so we see this now in Hebrews chapter 1, verse uh, 1 to 3. Go to Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1 to 3. Because there's, there's something here when you know your assignment and you know that you're anointed. There's two things that's released into your life. Um, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. So, mother, he has, he, has, he has anointed you, and he has given you an assignment. Receive that. He has anointed you. He's given you an assignment. Okay, everybody else thinks he has anointed you. He smirred. He put all over you. He has done that, okay? So, he's cosmetically, he has changed you. 
You now reflect his glory. And so now you shine. You shine because now the glory of God is on you. And so it changes your countenance. It, it changes your attitude. It changes how you see things. That when people walk up to you, they see the glory. And they think, okay, yeah, you've been in the presence of the Lord. You've been in the presence of the Lord. And so now I'm going to go to Hebrews uh, 1 verse uh, 1 to 3. God, this is the amplified version. God, having spoken to the fathers long ago in the voices and writings of the prophets in many separate revelations, it's the Amplified, each of which sets forth a portion of the truth and in many ways, has in these last days spoken with finality to us in the person of one who is by his character and nature his son, namely Jesus. Here's the third thing now. So I'm anointed. I have an assignment. And it says here now, whom he appointed, heir and lawful owner of all things, through whom also he created the universe. That is the universe as space, time, matter, continuum. In other words, now there is no limit. There's nothing that can hinder Jesus from doing what he needs to do. That he's above all space, all time, all matter. There's no law that can supersede Jesus. There's no law. There's nothing. There's nothing that can hinder Jesus from accomplishing his assignment. All finality, all to everything that is needed to accomplish the assignment, Jesus has because God has anointed him for this assignment. So we begin now in our assignment knowing that God has appointed me. Not only has he assigned me, he has appointed me to be here. Because when your critics start speaking, you've got to have something that can drown out their voice. And you have to know that God has appointed me to be here for this. Because we've got to build your confidence, right? You've got to have that confidence in, in knowing that. Many people have been talked out of their purpose because they weren't convinced that they were appointed by God. They try to get man's approval. They try to get man's, you know, designation on them. And I'm not saying you don't have to be undercover or, or un, under authority. I'm not saying that whatsoever. I'm saying you've got to have such confidence knowing that God has appointed me to be here. That this is the gift that he has given me and it's for the body of Christ. And so you talk to so many people. I'm not be you, but, but, but me, when I talk to especially the young people and I talk to adults, I ask them. I said, okay, so what does God call you to do? I, I don't know. Well, you got to spend time knowing he's called you to do because he's appointed you. He has appointed you with an assignment because he's anointed you. And when you understand that, you can walk into an environment then and bring the change that is necessary and that is needed. And it goes on, it says now, verse 3, the sun is the radiance and the only expression of the glory of our awesome God reflecting God, here it is now, the Shekinah glory. So not just as the Shekinah glory is interesting because the Shekinah glory is where God manifests himself and is so tangible. That's what I was talking about. That throughout the body, I'm literally, people are seeing gold show up and gold in their teeth and and all sorts of manifestation of things are happening. And people are like, wow. And, 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 and one uh, a place experienced like different types of diamonds and, and different types of stones were just, were just showing up. I mean, my goodness. Let's not limit God to our own experiences. People were seeing, were like, oh my goodness. And they were just freaking out. And what? No, it's God. He's showed his expression because he wants to be glorified in the earth. 
And so it's the Shekinah glory that can manifest in your bedroom, in your living room, in your dining room. It's a Shekinah glory that you want where God's like, literally, he shows up even right now. That when God shows up in a Shekinah glory, you, you, nobody can minister. You just have to, you have to just bow in his presence because he's here. He's here. He's here. He's here. And with that, his expression starts to take place. Healing and deliverance and, and joy and abundance and all those things. Jesus lived in the totality of the power of God. And he was able to perform miracles and, and everywhere he went, things, things were, were, were changed. So we have your anointed. We have you have an assignment. We have your appointed and with the Shekinah glory that now manifests, you will accomplish everything God has asked you to do. You will. You will accomplish everything that God has asked you to do. You will not leave this earth. You will not leave this earth without accomplishing everything that God has, given you, uh, has, has asked for you to do. We will. We will do that. Right? And how we would do that is because finally, Megan talked about this, God has given us the authority. God has given us the authority. So let's reflect now. We're first what? Anointed. And then what happens next? We have an assignment. We have an assignment. Then we are appointed. We're here because we're on assignment, because we've been anointed. And then finally we do what? We accomplish. Because we have the authority. Because we have the authority. And so what we need to do then is to, is, is to do this. And this is where we're going we're gonna to spend the rest of our time, you know, uh, going, uh, talking about. Let's go to uh, what it means to be in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. True fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Go to John chapter 20, verse 23. John chapter 20, verse 22 and 23. Turn your Bibles with me there. We're going to flow together in fellowship. So when people say, where do you fellowship? We're going to change what that really means. Where do you fellowship? I fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And because I know where God has appointed me, where God, God has anointed me, um, I'm here um, on, on, on this particular assignment. So it's fellowship. John 20, verse 22 and 23. And when he had said this, okay, what did Jesus say? Let's go back and look at what he said. In verse number 19 of John 20. On that evening of the day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. So they're anointed. They are uh, uh, assignment. They are appointed. Uh, they accomplish and they have the authority. And we see here now that because of the Jews, they're locked behind the door in fear. So you can possess all of these attributes and still... You're locked behind the door in fear. There's a fear that, there's a phobia is what some of the Greek word translates, fear. There's a phobia. There's something that keeps you locked up. And so Jesus now comes in, look at this. He comes in and he says, uh, being locked, the disciples were for fear. Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. Now understand this. When Jesus got to the, he didn't, he didn't go like this. He went like this. I'm here. That door can't stop me. You can't be hiding for fear. You have an assignment. I've given you authority. And he actually steps right in and says, peace be unto you. Shalom. Be, pe 
peace be unto you. And he continues, says, and when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father, here it is, as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. So as the Father sent me, anointed me, and all those things, I'm now sending you to change your climate, to change the place where you are. And now we go to where he continues on. He says here, and when he has said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. When Jesus was in Galilee, he couldn't be in Jerusalem at the same time. And when he was down in Nazareth, he couldn't be in Judea at the same time because he was limited with his body. But now that he's resurrected and he's about to go to the Father, I'm sending you the Holy Spirit, that now I am no longer limited in my ability to reach this world. And he says that the limitation is only connected to where people won't go. But he says, as the Father sent me to this earth, I'm now sending you with an assignment to change the climate around you. Wow. Wow. That is absolutely powerful. It blows my mind. It makes me now that I have to be responsible then. And I have to be listening to what God is telling me. Because when I say that I'm in fellowship, it is fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And it's the Holy Spirit that would lead me and guide me into all truth. It's the Holy Spirit now that tells me prophetically when I encounter somebody that I can read their email not to destroy them but to build them up. Do you remember Megan told the story about that Kroger and, and the gentleman that was, that was needing prayer? You make me brave. Well, if we don't rely on the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, we'll think we went to Kroger's just to get toothpaste. But in reality, God sent you there because you've been anointed. I mean, think about that. God wants to use you and I to change the climate around us. Wow. You see, I want to fellowship with people like that. I want to fellowship with people who are pressed into the things of God. Because, because when we come together, watch this now. Danny Silk said this about taking the limits off of God. It was so powerful. I recorded it. It was so powerful. I recorded his prayer. He said, for 400 years, the children of Israel being beaten by the Egyptians. 400 years, the children of Israel were told when to eat, how to eat, where to go, what to do. They were in total bondage to the enemy. And God said, in order to deliver them, I have to have somebody and put them in a position of limitlessness. Moses was born and he was raised into a place where there's no limits. The children of Israel had limits, but not Moses. So Moses, who was born from a Hebrew lineage, God puts him into an environment where there's no limits. So he can go back now to tell them there is no limits, guys, because I've lived it. Oh, good God. And when you and I know that we've been anointed with limitlessness, come on. Because nothing can stop us from accomplishing our assignment. We now can go and set people free from their climate of limitations. And he said this, when you are in fellowship with people who challenge you, 
when you decide that you can't move because of fear and you try to stay in one position, the people who you are in fellowship with who are moving towards their purpose and destiny will bump into you and cause you to move and go ahead. Because they're challenging you to say there is no limits with God. You are born again. So you're not born into a family of whatever condition that family is. Come on, somebody. You are born into God who is, has no limits. Take the limits off. Gather in place. Don't you look at your number and think you're not important. Don't you look at where you are and think you're not important. You've got to see yourself and how God sees you. And God is saying, I am sending you. Do you know that wherever people gather, they're talking about you? It's the gathering place. So wherever people gather, it's the gathering place. Okay, so no matter where they are, if they gather, it's the gathering place. So if they're going to talk about us, let's give them something to talk about. Well, if you gather in the name of Jesus, miracles and manifestations are going to happen. Because if you gather and that doesn't happen, that wasn't the gathering place. None of those are you congregating together. But where you gather together in the name of Jesus and the anointing of God is there, miracles and deliverance and things will happen because there's no limit to what God can do. I can believe God for the impossible. I can believe God when everybody else is doubting God. I can step into darkness because the word said in Isaiah 60, it was a gross darkness. But thanks be to God, arise and shine for the light has come. Ah, come on, somebody. God has anointed you. And so fellowship is vital. Fellowship is critical to the Christian faith. I need fellowship. I don't know about you, but I need you. I need you. I need the gifts inside of you. I need the teaching ability inside of you. I need the, the, the ability inside. I need that for me to breathe and live. My God. Because here's what happens. When you give God glory, you are releasing out of your mouth an atmosphere that I can breathe in. Come on. And so when you don't give God glory, I'm starving for breath. I'm like, I can't breathe. But when you say, I give God glory, ooh, I recognize that atmosphere. And I can breathe into that atmosphere. So God being good to you and you saying glory to God, you're causing me to lift. Because I might be discouraged and I might have given up on God. But when you are believing God, I can say, what is wrong with you? No, you don't understand God is good but look what's going on yeah but God is good but you don't understand yeah you don't understand God is good and there's no limit to what God can do my God I pray take the limits off and so he can change your climate take the limits off take it off and so he breathes on them and says receive the Holy Spirit receive the Holy Spirit receive the holy spirit that's it receive the holy spirit father prophetically you gave us this word that we're to flow together that word is that is the word for this minute for, for the for this time he wants us to flow together and the only way we can flow together is by the holy spirit see we're not like david's brothers who are jealous because we didn't think we were anointed no 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 uh-uh. we're all anointed by god if we receive the holy spirit so we got to be in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2, just two more scriptures and then we're going to pray. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. When the day of Pentecost arrived, 
Here comes the gathering place now. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. Mm. Stop right there. <laughs> the day of Pentecost came. It was an annual feast that the, that the children of Israel would celebrate. But when that day came, they were all together in one place. In one place. They were all together in one place. They were, they were flowing together in fellowship. And it says here, And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues, verse 3, as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. Everyone in the house, everyone in the house had an encounter with God. I don't know about you, but if that starts to be reported here in Marion, that everyone encountered God, people would say, there is Jesus. And I've been looking for him for a very long time. Everyone. Black, white, yellow, brown, tall, short, slim, big. It doesn't matter. Everyone. Because they're in one place. The presence of God rested on each one of them. So first he filled the house. And it says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the what? Spirit. Oh, God. Gave them utterance. They were flowing together. Our marriages has to flow together this way. Our, 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 our business has to flow together this way. We must rely on the Holy Spirit to give us instructions. I was praying last night, and, and, and as I was praying, Megan and I was praying, and we're praying with, with someone, and the Lord just put us in my spirit. He said, I said, God, give me strategic sowing strategies. Like how to take my money, how to take my investment, and give me, by the Holy Spirit, give me strategic strategies for how I should sow. Because I'm led by the Spirit. He knows exactly what stock. He knows exactly what dividend is. He knows exactly what, what I should do with my finance. So I said, God, if I'm filled with the Holy Ghost, then I want you to give me divine, give me supernatural, strategic strategy on where to sow. Because, because if I sow it into the flow of God, he's going to bring back the harvest that I need. Now, now this is just me. This, may not be, this is just me. So let me just tell you what I'm believing God for. You can celebrate. I hope you do. But this is just me. I said, God, we, we, I want a house. I, I, I want a house. I'm, I'm taking the limits off because every time I think about a house, I think of my previous experience. And so I'm like, oop, I'm not going to do that anymore. God, I want a house. And as I was praying with, with Megan with that, the Lord said, I gave your wife a dream about the house she's supposed to have. He said, so don't stop till you find that house. That's the house I gave you. I said, babe. We're going to drive around and look for that house. Guys, I gave her that house. In a dream, I gave her a description of that house. That this is what it's going to look like. Here's what's going to happen. And we were at first looking at the house and I gave up. And the Lord reminded me again when I took the limits off, but I gave you your house. Mm. So in fellowship with the Holy Spirit, he's going to give me strategic assignments on how to do that. 
So I'm in, I'm, I'm in Ohio, and, and uh, sorry, I'm in Ohio, I'm in uh, Orlando, and this guy um, was renting his house, and he kept paying the rent to the owner, but he wasn't paying the bank. So all of a sudden the bank sent him a note, you're getting evicted. He said, what are you talking about? I've been paying my rent. He goes, hey, I, the guy wasn't paying his rent, I mean his mortgage. She goes, you, you, you got to go out. So his wife now is in the hospital. There, there's some medical challenge that he's going through. And in the hospital, watch this now. He's getting evicted. His wife's in the hospital. He has about a hundred something dollars to his name. God said, I want you to go buy a house. Back the bus up, God. Don't you know the law of how to get a mortgage? I have $120 in my bank account. He goes, go and buy a house. Now, you got to be in the spirit. That's don't leave yourself. We're going to go buy a house. No, I'm saying he would listen to the Holy Spirit. So he goes, he's looking right. He doesn't find the house. Gary's looking right. He doesn't find the house that he likes. He goes to a builder, and he says, okay, hey. And the builder's showing him the house. He goes, ah, that's just not what, it's not what I like. And he's explained. He goes, okay. So he leaves, and he can't find the house anywhere that he wants. So he comes back to this building, and he says, you know what? Um, man, this is the house thing, because I'm, I'm looking everywhere, and I can't have it. The builder goes, are you a Christian? He goes, yeah. He goes, well, I'm a Christian too. He goes, okay. Well, God told me to get a house. He goes, all right, so let's, let's talk to figures. And he gives him all the money. You need 5000 by this week. You need 23000 for this. And we're building this. We're building that. He goes, um, remember, strategic on how to sow, right? He goes, can you ask the developer um, if he can take payments? The guy laughed when he take payments. I've never heard of the builder ever, the developer ever taking payments for this. No way. He goes, just go ask him. So he goes and asks the developer. The guy goes, yeah, break it down to payments. He goes, you'll never believe. Come on, somebody. Of course he's believing. God told him to go get a house. So he goes now, and he says, okay, you have to have payment, a thousand, a thousand years. And so he gets his paycheck, and he's like, but God, I can't pay my other rent if I pay this. God says, pay what I told you. So he goes, and he, and he pays, and all of a sudden now, he gets this letter, or he gets a call. I'm not sure. Someone's saying, you know what? God has spoke tomorrow. Here, give you a thousand. And also someone else came and said, here, I'll give you a thousand. All of a sudden, now he pays the first down payment that needs to be, now he needs 23000 roughly about that, about 27000 He needs to have it. I mean, he's already committed to this. His father now calls him and says, hey, you know what? I heard you're buying a house. I just want to be a blessing to you. Check for 23000 Here you go. Come on, gather the place. Take the limits off. Take the limits off. He heard the Spirit of the Lord speak to him. And in obedience to the Spirit of God because he's anointed then to transact business like that. See, when you don't know you're anointed, you're going to buckle under pressure. And you're going to be like, oops, I'm sorry. I didn't want to offend you by giving you a number. Come on. When you are anointed by God, you step into an environment and you take over. It says, I've got the authority to be here. And that house belongs to me. Someone ought to praise God. Because here's why. I was praising God because my house is next. See, I'm not like David's brother. When I saw the anointing, I got jealous. When I saw the anointing, I started to rejoice. I started to jump and say, praise God. If he did it for that person, he can do it for me. Because in the house, they were all filled with the power and the presence of God. You got to clap your hands for when your brother gets blessed. You got to shout when your sister gets blessed. You got to rejoice when someone gets their healing. You got to shout unto God. Come on, somebody. When the situation seems hopeless and God intervened, you've got to learn to rejoice and flow together someone says flow 
Oh, you got to flow together. Amen. There is no greater joy than seeing your brother get blessed. Why? Because you silenced the enemy when you rejoice and praise God. Because you're letting God know that my heart is always focused on you. And I'm not going to be just of what you're doing over there. I'm going to join what you're doing over there, God. Because I know that if I sow, that I'm going to reap. And strategically, you've got to teach me where to sow. I prophesy that over someone. Raise your hands right now and receive this prophetic word. God, give us Give your people strategic strategies on how to sow and how to make investments and stocks and bonds and, and everything, oh God. Turn our bank, change the climate in our bank account in the name of Jesus. Do it now, God, for your glory and for your honor that the gathering place will never lack. The gathering place will never be without. We take the limits off, God. We take the limits off and we believe you. Mm, receive that now in the name of Jesus. My God, and I want you to give me the testimony of when God's doing it. Receive his tragedies. Receive. Receive by the Holy Spirit what God wants you to go where he tells you to go. Do what he tells you to do, and you will be blessed in Jesus' name. Now watch this now. Let me wrap up with this now. Okay. So here it is now. Here it is. Here's the launch. Here's the launch. Paul is talking to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21, 22. And he makes it emphatically clear. He, he, he wants them to understand this truth. And in verse 21 of 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And it is God who establishes us with you. There's that fellowship. In, not Jesus, in Christ. In the anointing. So it is God who establishes us in you, in the anointed, in Christ. So we flow together in Christ. So we are one body, my God, in Christ. So then we are Jesus in the earth. Oh God. And if Luke 4 says he anointed me, that means as a body we are anointed to do what Jesus did. My God. And where he was limited in body, we are no longer limited because of the spirit. So greater works than these shall we do because he goes to the Father. My God. So Paul is telling the Corinthian church who was so gifted in the spiritual things, let me tell you how deep this connection really is. It is God who establishes us in you, in Christ, in the anointing. And what? And has anointed us. Verse 22, and who has also put his seal on us. Oh, good God Almighty. And given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Good God Almighty. So, 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 so if, if, if I'm buying a house and I put down a deposit, what am I telling the bank that I promised to do? To pay the rest, right? It's a guarantee. And so when God now anointed you and gave you the Holy Spirit, he says, I promise you that I guarantee I'm going to do everything in all. In other words, you can take the check to the bank because it won't bounce. That every promise that you receive from God, it's a guarantee that it will come to.
to pass in your life. And he's saying, I've given you the Holy Spirit as a seal, as a guarantee. In, in, in Old Testament time, um, the king had a ring, and it was a signature ring. And it was when a letter or something was being mailed, they would heat up hot wax, and the king would take that signet ring, and he would, he would, he would seal it. He would, he would seal it there. And so when they saw it, then, oh, this thing came from the king. It was, it was sealed by the signature of the king. Good God Almighty. And so, and, so, and, and so you are the living epistles. You are the letters. And so you've been sealed. You have God's stamp of approval. You have God's stamp of approval on you that you have been given this assignment he has sealed you and not only that that's good enough but he also now guarantees he gives you just a deposit he says every time you make a withdrawal there's still a resource there and you make a deposit and you withdraw from that and God is saying you will never ever ever run ever run out because he's sealed in your heart as a guarantee and so now he concludes that same book and he says this finally brothers rejoice in 2 Corinthians 13, verse 11 to 14. Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Aim for restoration. Comfort one another. Agree with one another. Live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Gather in place and those who are here, I can't make it any more clear. If you leave this place, if you leave that seat and walk this door and you don't know you're anointed, I don't know where you've been for the last 45 minutes. You are anointed. You are anointed. You are anointed. And what I want to do now is this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Spirit of the living God. Spirit of the living God. Spirit of the living God. Yes. Yeah, I hear you. The body's going to minister to the body. Yes, Jesus. We're going to flow together. The body's going to minister to the body. Yes, you've been anointed by God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Spirit of the living God. Move upon us. Activate those gifts. Come on, activate those gifts. Activate. Activate the gifts of God inside of you. Uh-huh. Stir up the gift that's in you by the laying of my hands. Fan into flame those gifts. That's it. 
Fan it to flame. Come on, gather in place. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, we're going to flow together. We're going to flow together. Activate the prophetic. Yes. Uh-huh. Woo. Yes. Uh-huh. My God, increase his capacity to teach God. Increase, increase his capacity. Ah. Woo, there it is. Increase. My God. Oh God. Yes, Jesus. He's a gift to the body. So we speak to this body now to come in alignment. In the mighty name of Jesus. Eh. Ah, you have anointed him. Yes, I know that, God. And you've given him an assignment. Flow. Flow in new dimensions, a new realm. That's it, God. Hey, Jesus. Come on, come on, help me pray. Help me pray. Help me pray. The, the, the anointing of God is, yes, Lord Jesus, flow. Yes, Jesus. Yes, you will lay hands. You will lay hands. You will lay hands on the sick. They shall recover. Spirit of the living God. Oh, God. Oh, God, flow in their marriage. Yes, Lord, another dimension. In the name of Jesus. Yeah, wherever they go, God. The climate has changed. Ah, yes, yes, that's it, that's it. That's it, my God, my God, my God. My God. Lift up your hands. Hallelujah. 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 <laughs> Hallelujah. Here's the word for you. In that last day, that feast, Jesus stood up and says, out of your belly, out of your belly shall flow rivers. Oh my, my, if you only can see what, what I'm seeing. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. This day, this day, oh my God, I pray for an encounter, sir, that that will literally offend your mind because God is capturing your heart. In the name of Jesus, from a child, I've watched over you. From infancy, I've watched over you. 
And where can you go from my presence? Where can you run from my presence? There is no place you can go. In the name of Jesus. Flow, my God. Take the limits off. 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 These hands. These hands shall lift in worship. Men, I've called you to pray, my God, in the name of Jesus. Lead other men. You may feel like you're inadequate, but today you have been anointed. In the name of Jesus, so every plan of the enemy, you have no effect. In the name of Jesus, that's it, that's it, that's it. Capture his heart. He's got to offend your mind to capture your heart. And he will do that. Capture this beating heart. Sir, recognize that the only reason why you can inhale and exhale is because God has been good to you. Flow. 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 I declare that you are a power couple. In the name of Jesus, encounter God and see miracles like you've never seen them before. Don't you limit God. He has been too good. He's been too good to you. Don't you limit God. He's been too good. Don't limit him. He's been too good. Receive the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Don't limit him. He's been too good. There is no place that God is not. He is there. He's always been there for you. He is a good God. He is a good God. Don't you limit him, saith God. I am good to you. Flow. In the name of Jesus. Hey, 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 come on, come on, come on. If you're here, come on, come on, come on. If you want this, if you want this, stand to your feet. If you want this, stand. Oh my, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, 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 Lord. Yes, Daddy. Yes, Abba. Yes, Abba. We are anointed. Say, I am anointed. I am anointed. I am anointed. I'm anointed. I'm anointed. I'm anointed. Today, I'm anointed. I receive the Holy Ghost. I receive the Holy Spirit. I receive the Holy Spirit. Good God Almighty, we praise your name, Jesus. We bless your name, Jesus. You've been called to take territory. You've been called to take territory. Yes. Don't you go back. You've been called to take territory. I know the Red Sea is before you. But I hear the Lord saying what is in your hands. Raise what he has put in your hands and every obstacle will part. For the glory of God, what have I put into your hands? Raise your hands and watch the Red Sea part. Because that enemy that is behind you, you will see him no more. In the name of Jesus, as you progress, he'll come after you. But if he tries to get close to you, when you go forward, I will drown him in the Red Sea. Flow in the Holy Ghost. Flow, 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 flow together. Flow in this. 
flow. You are good, God. 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 Flow. You are good, God, my God. Gather in place, my Jesus. I love you. 